Welcome to Healthy Voyager Radio. I'll be your host, the Healthy Voyager, Carolyn Scott. Welcome to Healthy Voyager Radio. I'm Carolyn Scott, also known as the Healthy Voyager. I hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend, or in some cases, people had a week off. But now it's back to work, but you know, now that it's summer, it's a bit more fun, right? All right, so maybe not, but the weekends are certainly more fun with barbecues and parties and outdoor water activities. Some are pretty much rules, even if you are stuck at the office because the sun goes away a lot later, so you don't feel like, oh man, where'd the day go when you leave work and it's only five o'clock and it's dark out. So you get a little more time outside. So summer is pretty cool. Well, of course, summertime means bathing suits and skimpier clothing in general. And that means watching what we eat and even more so working out. And people always want to look toned and trim. And unfortunately, you got to go the extra mile and add some spice to your workouts to do that. And that's hard to do with work and social engagements and travel, especially over the summer while it's hot as Hades outside. I'm glad that today's guest will be able to help us with the eating veg situation while traveling, uh, as well as how to get that buff summer bod that will last you until next summer. And it's important to be sure that once summer's over that you don't quit your routine as it'll be that much harder to get back on the horse when winter melts away next year. It always keeps you from overeating or eating junk, especially over the holidays, because you're keeping yourself accountable for, you know, by sticking to a workout routine. But since it's summer and we want to play more outdoors than uh, be running in on a treadmill indoors, here are a few things that you can do that count as working out and getting active while still enjoying your summertime activities and travels. Don't get caught up in the idea that exercise has to be a consistent 30 minutes and it has to be a specific type of workout. Recreational activities can also be exercise and doing something is better than nothing, right? 10 minutes or so at a time just a few times throughout the day will totally add up. Uh, and, you know, you feel a lot less guilty when you're out and about if you've done a few things here and there than having done nothing at all. So here are a few things that you can do uh, on summer vacations or anything you're happen, you happen to be doing this summer to kind of have an excuse to, uh, to work out or call it an excuse to work out. So if you're going to the lake or hanging by the ocean or the pool this summer, here are a few tips. Uh, water is a perfect place to exercise in the heat and humidity of summer. Swimming or treading water is a great way to work the cardiovascular system. And if you're boating, go out to an area, stop the boat and anchor, and do some swimming. Because that way you're forced to tread water. And it gives you, you know, if you do that for 10 minutes, it feels like an hour and it kills. So it definitely acts as a workout and makes you feel like you've done something. Uh, canoeing is great for an all-over body workout. Many lakeside facilities offer rentals and lessons, so take advantage of that if you can. It's great for your shoulders. It's also great for your core, uh, great for your obliques, and an awesome back workout. Uh, it also makes your legs work as stabilizers so that you know, you're know you keeping the boat from tipping over. So canoeing is actually a really great workout, and you can do it with the whole family. Uh, how about this? Kids like to throw rocks into the water, and guess what? It can be a workout. If you go out waist deep and grab around for some rocks at the bottom of the lake or shells at the bottom of the ocean and see how far you can throw them to the shore, this friendly family competition becomes a workout for the shoulders and the abs, particularly the obliques because you're kind of like going back and forth and, you know, bending down to get the rocks and getting back up and twisting. Um, so before you know it, you're exercising and you're burning calories. So who would have thunk? Uh, pack a mask and some fins and a snorkel. Uh, it's not going to be a, a high-end cardiovascular workout, but it does keep the body moving 
because you're using big muscle groups and the fins add increased resistance in the water. It's a great workout for um, your, your back, your lower limbs, and your core, your trunk. Um, not the junk in the trunk, but yeah, maybe, maybe for your butt, for your legs when you're kicking around. <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, so, you know, for the kids, this is great. You give them a snorkel and some fins in the pool and they're exercising. So again, another incognito workout. Throwing a frisbee around and running around in the sand is a killer workout. Uh, getting a group together for a game of volleyball on the beach is super fun and you'll definitely feel it when you get home. Uh, but be sure to wear sunscreen, sunblock, because then you'll definitely feel it even more. Uh, if you're heading to the mountains, get a whole body workout um, in a rocky or a mountainous terrain uh, by pole hiking. Using the poles allows you to involve the upper body in the activity that normally works just mainly the legs and the glutes. You'll move quicker, obviously, with the, the pole because you'll have better footing, um, smaller steps, so your arms are pumping, and it's almost kind of like race walking, like the people at the mall in the morning. Um, the upper body motion really gets your heart rate going, and it's a great way to add some intensity to your hiking. Uh, small hikes and mountain biking are also great mountain activities to get the blood going when you're um, up in the pretty mountains this summer. So really, just getting out there and getting active, no matter what you're doing on vacation or if you're at home, is key, whether it's inline skating or biking or hiking or kayaking, anything. Just do it with friends or family and get everyone involved so it doesn't feel like a workout. You're still enjoying the outdoors and uh, you're not sitting around just eating and drinking all summer. So be active this summer and uh, you'll create lots of great memories. Okay, so stay tuned as I'll be chatting bodybuilding the vegan way with Robert Cheek after the break. Prostate cancer, that's a disease that only men your father's age have to worry about, right? Wrong. It's all about life, love, and health. In fact, recommendations for prostate cancer screening are based on an earlier baseline PSA test. PSA stands for prostate-specific antigen. It's simply a blood test. It's a chemical or a protein that's in a guy's blood, and if it's elevated, the guy has a higher chance of having prostate cancer. That's Dr. Judd Mall, Chief of Urology at Duke University. The latest news is, is that we're really using PSA changes over time to help better predict prostate cancer, something called PSA velocity or PSA doubling time. So establish that baseline PSA early to track changes, but what else could cause an elevated PSA? PSA can also be elevated in men with benign prostatic hyperplasia, and it can also be elevated in men with prostatitis. But in younger men, men in their 40s, they have less chance of having those other conditions. So PSA actually becomes a tighter, better tool for prostate cancer detection in men between 40 and 50. For more information about age-appropriate PSA testing and prostate cancer, visit the American Urological Association Foundation's website at urologyhealth.org. I'm Christopher Springman, and it's all about life, love, and health. Welcome back to Healthy Voyager Radio. My first guest has debunked the notion that you need meat and raw eggs to be a bulky athlete. With me to tell us how to get fit and beefy the vegan way is Robert Cheek. How are you, Robert? Excellent. How are you doing? I'm great. So, Robert, what came first, the bodybuilding or the vegan and why? Vegan came first. December 8th, 1995, my sister was organizing an animal rights week at my high school I was the smallest kid in my class growing up, so certainly bodybuilding wasn't the first part. 
Uh, <laughs> I, I was a really small kid, really scrawny, determined to get bigger and stronger, and always wanted to be a professional wrestler, a, a He-Man type character, and mm-hmm. in, in real life later on. And my sister, you know, put on this Animal Rights Week, and I decided out of respect for her to attend and listen to the speakers, read literature, watch videos of factory farming and animal testing. And that day, December 8th, 1995, has led to today. And uh, I've been vegan ever since. And I organized the Animal Rights Week at our high school two years later. And that was the start of my activism that would continue the next 15 or so years, um, which brings me to this point. And bodybuilding didn't come in until uh, a few years later, about, oh, around age 20. So five years after becoming vegan, I decided to actually embrace this vision that I had, this idea of becoming a muscular person, even though I was very small and I was told by a lot of people, including friends, family, that it wasn't really realistic, that it probably wouldn't (laughs) happen, that I shouldn't get too excited about it. I mean, not only was I very small and I was a distance runner, even at age 19, running NCAA collegiate cross country, but I was vegan on top of that, therefore had lots of things stacked up against me. Um, by a perceived audience. So I decided to go out on my own to do it. And I did it and became, you know, like, you know, a champion bodybuilder as a vegan and started my website and my movies and books and things like that. And it's been a wonderful experience the last 15 years. That's awesome. Was it, was it difficult for you at first to, I guess, trial and error, figure out what, what kinds of foods and what combinations of foods helped bulk you up? more than, you know, the usual kind of stuff that helps bulk people up? Well, I'll tell you, the only thing that was really difficult was becoming vegan as a teenager. Um, Mm. And the reason I say that is because you've heard it a a million times, I've heard it a million times, the statement that veganism didn't work for me or vegetarianism Mm -hmm. didn't work for me. And, you know, I used to be vegetarian, I used to be vegan, but I, you know, I... It just didn't work. I didn't stick with it. And the reasons for that, just like the reasons why 250 million people in our country are not very well, they're sick right now because of all kinds of uh, different uh, symptoms or causes, but there's reasons for that. And so that was the only difficult part at first was uh, because I, I didn't have a lot of my own money. I didn't know what to eat at first and therefore went about it eating chips and salsa, soy ice cream, <laughs> soda, candy, like other teenagers do. I just Mm -hmm. omitted the pizza and, uh, you know, burgers and that kind of stuff. But once I figured out that I have to eat food, you know, real food, uh, Mm -hmm. then it was, then everything was fine. And, uh, and that's what I tell everybody when you, when you do change your diet in whatever way you do it, it's the most important fundamental aspect is going back to the basics and eating food, fruits, vegetables, nuts, grains, seeds, and that's where we get energy. That's where we get our nutrients that's where we can thrive rather than just get by. And as far as bodybuilding, no, um, no problem at all. No problem at all because basically I read all these magazines. I read the book, Body for Life. I understood that I needed to have my meal frequency to be every two to three hours. I needed to be consistent. I needed protein, fats, and carbohydrates with every meal. I just simply took the recommendations of uh, beef and chicken and fish, whey protein, and I just found vegan alternatives uh, nice. because obviously that's not what we need. We need the, we need the nu- nutrient value, and those things often represent protein, for example, mm. and overall calories. It's not that we need meat or that we need eggs or that we need dairy. Uh, it's that we need the 
nutrition that we often associate with those foods, but that are in abundance in, in fact, in their primary state in plant-based whole foods. So yeah, absolutely. That was never a problem, and I and you know my story. I gained seventy-five pounds pretty quickly, and wow. went from that scrawny person to someone who resembled a bodybuilder and competed in bodybuilding and and had some success because I just did the fundamental things that are necessary. I ate good food. I ate consistently. My caloric intake was where it needed to be. My protein intake was where I needed to be, and I just and I stuck with it. Where most people uh, maybe give in or give up because it's mm. too much of a challenge um, right. to, to uh, alter your physique and, and to add muscle, for example. If, if we hit some roadblocks, we often give up. Same with weight loss. We try, we try to lose weight. We, we give it a, a mighty whack at it. We fail. We give up. But it's persistence and determination, I think, is the, the overall key. Yeah, you're totally right. Now, I know you mentioned that He-Man was your inspiration when you were a kid. Who was your inspiration once you started the, the bodybuilding journey? Like, were, were you looking up to to kind of emulate? Well, good question. And first, I want to say, uh, most people may think it's silly, actually, to, you know, look up to a cartoon character, but, but I actually <laughs> don't think so for these specific reasons. <laughs> I want to just get that out there. Because <laughs> He-Man <laughs> represented... Um, uh, a healthy lifestyle, fit, uh, positive messages, wanting to do nice things, um, was actually environmentally conscious, if you watch some of the episodes, which I have recently. Um, he, he represented <laughs> a lot of good positive stuff, leading by example, by being fit, muscular, and doing you know, the right thing or the good thing and helping others. And that's actually what I really wanted to do and, and ended up doing that because it meant something to me. And as far as, as, far as bodybuilding role models, uh, most of them are – are non-vegan, just regular mainstream bodybuilders. I didn't necessarily grow up idolizing Arnold like most people do. Um, mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger, I've I met him a couple times, or I guess one specific time, but saw him again recently. And, and that was great, but he wasn't necessarily a role model. Maybe he was a little before my time, or I just didn't watch all his movies. I don't know. Um, I looked up to guys like Jay Cutler because he's a, a guy who leads by example, friendly, outgoing, down to earth and has a work ethic that is just through the roof. And that's why he's the best in the world. And he's, he's a friend of mine. I see him every year. Great supporter of what I'm doing. He's not vegan, but uh, respects and appreciates the lifestyle that, that I promote. And um, I just think, again, it's more the personality. It's the character traits that I, that I go for, not just based on that someone's vegan or someone's the, the biggest name in their sport or whatever. It's, um, what other things do they do they stand for, and what do they care about? And mm-hmm. um, and that's been true with all the role models that I've had, from that's awesome. other other athletes to business people to family members to teachers. It it basically comes down to caring. The people who care the most are the people that I tend to gravitate towards. Right, right. Well, that's great. Now, take us through your process of getting in shape for, let's say, a competition from planning your meals to your, your full timeline from, you know, when you start to prepare for that and your workouts? Yeah, thanks. Uh, good question. It's, uh, it's something that not a lot of people maybe have experienced because it is a unique experience. In fact, I kind of encourage people in my book to, to do it at least once to go through it. It's basically a 12 to 16-week program of intense dedication, preparation, and to some degree, sacrifice of time, sleep, 
um, committing to omitting certain foods or committing to a specific nutrition program that is going to lead to success, even if it may not be maybe during that time the most exciting or diverse or palatable, but it's what works, and so we do it. So basically, I, if I, let's say, I've taken a little break from training or maybe I've just been training on a maintenance program, but now it's time for contest preparation, I kind of set out a program to train either five or six days a week, and I make sure I absolutely stick to that. I never go under that. Uh, sometimes I may go seven days a week if I'm getting adequate rest and recovery, but I, I always make sure I'm super consistent based on what my goals are. And so I'll train basically probably once a day, one or two muscle groups per workout with a lot of intensity for 60 to 90 minutes. And uh, that's for the first few weeks. As I get closer into it, I'll start incorporating more cardiovascular training. I don't do a ton of that because I'm naturally pretty lean, being a uh, genetics playing a part in that and being a former distance runner, I think I always have a lot of muscle definition. It's the muscle size that I'm working towards. So I don't have to do a ton of stair stepper work or running outside or cycling, those kinds of things. But I certainly do incorporate that into it, maybe with about six to eight weeks before competition. And, uh, and I still continue on training six days a week with weights and then throw in the cardio training after the workout for a good fat burning time to do that. As far as nutritionally, basically, I... I go from eating whatever I was eating, you know, all the, the burritos, sandwiches, maybe a little bit of junk food mixed mm-hmm. in with all the whole foods because I like to do that mixture in the off season or during downtime. And I just clean that up. I just start, mm-hmm. I really focus on whole foods. I'll do a lot of greens, a lot of grains. I do all natural protein drinks like Vega. I, I keep the meals really consistent every two to three hours and really try to focus on whole foods. I cut out refined foods processed foods, bread say goodbye, even energy bars I say goodbye to because they have some extra sugar added and, and, and more processed. I eat a very, very natural diet of, like I said, a lot of greens, fruits, uh, nuts, seeds, vegetables. I love potatoes, yams, brown rice, spinach, kale, broccoli, other greens, and uh, fruit for energy, oats, things like that. And and continue that on as I get closer to competition and just make sure it's as neat, clean, and uh, nutrient-dense as possible. Now, after competition, do you kind of let loose and say, oh, give me that pizza? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> if I don't have another one coming up. Last year, I competed five times in a row. It was so draining because I had a competition week after week after week. It was for a movie I was filming, Vegan Brothers in Iron. I wanted to pushed myself, we documented all of this, and had a lot of success. And I know I, you know, as much as I wanted to indulge afterwards, I had to keep it pretty, pretty clean until the, the next one. But I'll tell you, as soon as I finished all five competitions, I, I actually didn't, didn't even go to the gym for a while. For after <laughs> six months of not missing a workout, just incredible consistency and, and dedication, and then getting some positive results, I just took a break and I, and I wrote my book and I went back to eating some of the foods that I, that I had missed, you know, some of the burritos and sandwiches and, and more of the comfort foods, I guess. And, uh, and that's what, and that's what I do. None of those foods are necessary or anything like that, but unless we've gone through that process ourselves, we don't really know maybe how much we might miss those things. Especially right. if we eat an, an energy bar, let's say maybe it's part of your daily Diet, at least one, maybe a snack on the way to work or at work, 
and cutting that out for a month or two at a time, um, you know, your, your diet changes and you have to teach yourself a lesson in sacrifice and meaning and, and what does this mean? And yes, I can get nutrition from other sources. In fact, more natural sources. It may take a little longer, more preparation, um, you know, these kinds of things. But you do it because you're trying to make a statement, trying to make a difference and trying to accomplish something. And right. once that's over, yeah, bring on the pizza. Let's have a party. I'm, I'm game. Yeah, that's great because, you know, it's so funny how you'll hear so many fitness people say, oh, no, you can't. You can't do that stuff, you know. But but in all, in actuality, you know, moderation is, is great, and, and you should enjoy yourself every now and again for sure. Yeah, absolutely. There's, I think there's a place for all of it, and that's why it's broken down into different parts. I write about that in my book. There's, there's contest preparation. There's off-season mass building. There's maintenance period. There's fat-burning periods. And our diet changes for that and for specific reasons, including for um, psychological reasons and emotional reasons, mental reasons. Uh, food's a big part of our life, and we need to understand the relationship that it has with us. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how much flack do you get from non-vegan bodybuilders, and how do you defend yourself to them, and have you been able to maybe kind of change some people's minds about it and see some people become vegan or at least partially vegan and, and continue to be bodybuilders? I don't get as much flack as I'd like. <laughs> or not that I'd like, <laughs> as I expected. And, and that's 100% honesty. I started my website almost 10 years ago, as some people listening will know. started a long time ago, and I actually expected to get the typical negative responses, the hate mail, the, all these different things. And it, it didn't necessarily come in as much as I thought. I mean, actually, very rarely. And I think it's because I actually care about what I'm doing, you know, and, and I really do. It's genuine. It's authentic. I, I work my face off for the, the causes and the movements that I believe in. And I think people see that. And it's very hard to attack someone for that because one of the hardest things in the world is to believe in something and to dedicate your life to it, regardless of what it is. Regardless of what it is, it takes so much care and, and heart to do that, to put everything on the line for something. And so when people see that, it's, it's hard to criticize. But sure, I do, get, I do get some criticisms from other athletes who maybe don't like what I'm doing or don't think it's possible, or maybe um, they get annoyed with some of the media attention that I might get, and they may not get, even though they're bigger or stronger or more accomplished or whatever. There, there certainly is some of that. But I'll tell you, during those competitions last year when I did five, there's one that I won, which was, which was really fun. Uh, it was my second time winning, overall first place. And they announced that I was vegan, even gave me the microphone to talk to the audience for a little bit, which was really cool. Oh. And something pretty special happened. Every single bodybuilder backstage, when I got back there, kind of lined up and, and shook my hand. And, and not like, congratulations, you won and you beat me uh, on this day or whatever. But it was like, wow, I... I I'm so impressed that you, you actually care that much to, to stick with something um, that is so much against the norm in bodybuilding. It's so foreign in bodybuilding to do it all on a plant-based diet without yeah. unnatural um, uh, additions, um, enhancements, without eating tons of meat and dairy products and eggs that are perpetuated in the movement of bodybuilding, in the sport. They're commonplace. But to actually care enough to stand for something and to go against that because of some sort of meaning behind it. They all lined up and, and had a lot of very nice things to say. And, and that, was, that was really cool. So I think it's more about respect and appreciation than 
poking fun or trying to break someone down because that's, I mean, that's, that's never nice anyway. And it doesn't reflect very well on the person delivering that message. So um, I haven't received as much negative criticism. And when I do, I, I take it in, consider the source where it's coming from, evaluate it. And sometimes I use it as motivation or fuel. Other times I discard it and understand what I'm doing is, um, is a positive thing or as I see it and just keep moving forward. Have you seen any, any of your peers in the bodybuilding world start to kind of say, yeah, you know what, maybe I'll try this vegan thing or at least kind of flirt with the idea? Yeah, absolutely. More and more these days. And it's not just because of me or anything like that. It's because of all the different athletes that are stepping up and are embracing this plant-based diet. And we see that in professional sports, in bodybuilding, in you know, recreational athletes at the gym. It's, it's all over the place. And yes, we do see that. People are curious. You, know, you wear a vegan bodybuilding shirt around, or you wear vegan on your hat or on your shirt or a logo. It starts up conversations, uh, especially when I'm at my very best, biggest and strongest in the gym. I, I make it very well known <laughs> that I'm vegan from the, from the message on my water bottle to on my shirt shorts, hat, whatever. I want to make a statement that is received whether you talk to me or not, but it's something that is um, one of those cases where actions speak louder than words. And even in the pro bodybuilding scene, the biggest, best in the world, I interviewed a number of these guys, top 10 in the, in the entire world, and multiple guys in the top 10 say, yeah, they actually follow a vegetarian diet, a high vegan diet, or are extremely curious and are incorporating more vegan foods in and actually want to go vegan, you know, pretty soon for some health benefits because of the heavy, heavy meat-based diet, the artery-clogging foods they've been consuming so long and seeing so many of their peers have a quadruple bypass heart surgery and things like that to fix some, some problems that mm -hmm. were diet-related. So, yes, more and more we are seeing bodybuilders embrace it, and I think it's a great thing. Yeah, for sure it is, for sure. Now, for someone who's looking to start sculpting their body, what tips would you share with them as far as workouts, the time to put in, the products and foods to start eating? You start today. That's the most important thing. Every single day that you delay something that you care about or claim to care about, you delay that outcome or you delay that achievement. Everybody wants to be in better shape. Everybody wants to either lose weight or gain weight or have more energy or feel healthier but only a small percentage of people are willing to do something about it on a significant level. And that's the thing. I, I talk all over the country, and that's the most important message that I say. If you take action and you make it happen, it starts today. So if you want to start out, that's what you do. You decide what your goal is. What is it, running the marathon? Is it losing 10 pounds? Is it having more energy? It has to be specific to the point that you can evaluate your progress or lack of progress. So then you can make some changes. You can calculate things. You can say, well, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? Adjust your caloric intake to enhance that. Adjust your exercise consistency. So the idea is to start right away. Determine what you want to do. Start and be consistent. And that's what I think is the most important word in the world is consistency because it demands accountability and it inspires improvement and generates success and leads to results. And what you want to do is to do something, yeah. right? Um, you want to do something. So whether that's lifting weights or like today, I just trained on the beach in Santa Monica with Brian, the producer from Forks Over Knives, and we were just exhausted. And all we did was use a kettlebell and equipment that was there on the beach. You don't have to have a gym membership, but it's doing something 
that raises your heart rate, that pushes you, that makes you sweat, that makes you get fatigued, you know you're, you're doing something. And to do that consistently and to eat healthy plant-based whole foods, it's to add more things in, not necessarily just getting rid of things, you add more healthy food in, more fruits, more vegetables, more nuts, grains, seeds, legumes, beans, and naturally you'll, you'll feel well, you'll have more energy, and the bad foods will go out. So incorporate healthy foods, plant-based whole foods, exercise regularly, know what you want to do, and be accountable. And I guarantee results. It's a mathematical equation. I write about my book. It's actually it's like a mathematical formula that will lead to results if, if you follow all those steps sequentially. Now, how does your sculpting workout differ from, let's say, someone who just wants to get fit and tone a little bit? Like how does the, your bodybuilding stuff and your routine differ from just something you would, you would recommend to a regular person? That's a great question. And it's based on, I think, goals and based on intensity. And someone who's just looking to get in shape probably won't consume the caloric intake of someone who's trying to add mass and trying to build muscle because, again, it's a mathematical equation. We're burning X amount of calories, and we need to consume X amount in order to repair, grow, recover. We can take an excess to add extra weight, fat, muscle, et cetera. And uh, often things like supplements play a role. People who are a little more focused on bodybuilding are going to take additional supplements that do exactly what their name suggests. They supplement an already, hopefully, sufficient and adequate nutrition program, but they give a little extra, a little more essential fats, more vitamins, minerals, more of the most important amino acids for muscle recovery, branched-chain amino acids, L-glutamine. We want to take some of these extra things in. We may take creatine, helps retain water, add weight, muscle to the body naturally. Um, as our body weight goes up, retaining water, strength goes up, power goes up, often muscle builds faster. Uh, so if we're, if we're really focused on bodybuilding, like, like I do during certain periods of the year, that's when intensity is through the roof, consistency is on par of, for what it needs to be, and the weights are, are heavy, exercises are compound, free weight movements. So we're talking barbells, dumbbells, things like that regularly. And nutrition program is boosted up, extra calories, extra protein, extra supplements. For the person who's just trying to be fit and tone and things like that, I don't think intensity needs to be quite as high. It, mm. it should still be pretty good, but it doesn't need to be so intense. But it, it can be moderate to advanced as far as intensity. And, um, and the weights can be a combination of machines and cables and free weights and body weight exercises. And it may not require five to seven days a week, but maybe, you know, three to five days a week is sufficient for doing something and still eating well and being very, very fit. Um, just like the goals of a, a distance runner are going to be a lot different from a bodybuilder, and the nutrition is going to be different, the training is going to be different, the whole objective is different. And actually, I write about that in, um, in pretty good detail in my, my new book, The Vegan Bodybuilding and Fitness Book, because... Not everybody wants to be a competitive bodybuilder. And I, know, I knew that writing the book, that that's actually the minority of the audience. But people want to be fit. And I explain the consistency and the types of exercises that lead to that. Do you train or coach people, at least here in L.A.? And, and, and for those who don't have the opportunity to meet you and be in L.A., would, you, would they be able to take advantage of your training skills somehow online? 
You know, it's a funny question, and I get it quite a bit. People say, hey, can you train me because they've seen some photos where I, I guess I look okay or look muscular. They read my story and see that I've, I've made a pretty big body transformation change. But no, I don't train anybody. I'm not a certified personal trainer. I just, I've always known something that is foreign to a lot of people that applied effort with intensity and intention is always going to supersede knowledge that's, that's not applied. And I was never the smartest guy or anything like that. I don't know the most about uh, weightlifting or nutrition, but what I do know, I know how to apply in amazing ways that lead to great results. And I, I, so I'm not a certified personal trainer or anything like that. I just, I train with people. If people want to train for fun, like I trained with Brian this morning and it was great. And I'll train on my own. I'll train with Brendan Brazier. I'll train with other friends. And that's great. But the best thing I think people can do is to go to my website. Uh, and the reason I say that is because we have about 4,000 vegan athletes on veganbodybuilding.com. There are certified personal trainers there all over the country. Some even do online personal training. And I'm on there every single day. I've posted 18,000 times over the past five years. And so if you do have a question, uh, I, I've been around the block for a while, doing this 15 years or so. I may have an answer. And if I don't, I know some great vegan personal trainers, athletes, successful bodybuilders, male and female, that would that would have an answer. And the forum is warm, welcome place where you can post any questions you want, whether you're vegan or not, an athlete or not. You can go there and get your questions answered by a supportive community. And I'm also on Facebook and Twitter like everybody else. And uh, And my book, I think, covers pretty much anything that I could think of because at one point there were 700 pages written and we narrowed it down to 338. So we picked wow. the best 338 pages. Again, it was never really at one time 700 pages. That was all the rewrites and everything over the course of 15 months. But that's how much material was generated. And we picked the best stuff. And that's, I think, a, a great resource, not just because I'm excited about it and want it to do well, um, so it will inspire people. I, I really think that that's the best resource out there is the vegan bodybuilding and fitness book, which is is on my website. But I am so here they in LA. Can, so they can, uh, they can people can purchase your book on the website at veganbodybuilding.com. Absolutely, or or Vegan Essentials, Food Fight. It's uh, Amazon. It's it's every, it's getting everywhere now. Bodybuilding.com just picked it up. It just came out two months ago, but it's been uh, it's been doing a lot of great things based on the feedback that I've received that has changed a lot of people's lives, inspired a lot of people. And that's why I wrote it. And it's phenomenal to hear some of the success stories that people are sharing. And, and that, that's really what it's all about. So yeah, yeah. there. and I am going to be going on tour. Um, you don't even know this yet. I haven't told you, but I'm actually uh. leaving LA. I'm leaving Los Angeles for a little while to go on a summer long book tour for the next two to three months. I head off to Arizona in about uh, 11 days. And then I go to Texas and then up to Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, D.C., Ohio, you know, all over the country, Illinois, and I'll eventually make it back here. But I'm kind of taking the summer to load my, my car up with books and try to go inspire people around the country who may not see me online, but who may show up at a talk and get something of value out of it. So that's yeah, what I'm going to be doing. Great. And is your tour schedule on your website as well so people can uh, come see you? You know what? It it uh, hopefully will be. It's, it's so busy these days. I mean, I'm shipping books out like crazy. I find every single one, even the ones that go to Amazon. I mean, the, the workload is incredible, and I'm still training consistently. So uh, I may not get it updated, but I was 
just saying this today to somebody, it will all be on Facebook because I, that's something I control. Okay. I, don't, I don't know how to do technical stuff and run my website. I have people to do that for me, but mm-hmm. to cut out the middle person um, as far as time and efficiency, I'll just keep everything on my Facebook page. Just search the Robert Cheek athlete page. The whole tour will be on there because I have total control of that. I can update it from my BlackBerry, like at a rest stop on the road. So, um, okay. so, ch- so check that. It'll be on Facebook, and it's going to be a great time. I look forward to it. Yeah, me too. Well, we're about to run out of time, and I wish we had more time because there's so many other things I'd love to ask you. But uh, definitely, I'll have people check the website and uh, and check Facebook so they can see you on your tour. Yeah, and bring me back sometime. Let's, uh, we'll, we'll have a different conversation next time. We'll cover the questions that I didn't get asked this time. And thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it and, and hope to uh, bump into you before I go. For sure. Thanks so much for making the time. You were a wonderful interview, and I hope people take your advice. And uh, we'll have you back someday soon. Thanks so much, Caroline. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Stay with us because after the break, I welcome Eric Brent of happycow.net. You have a spot on your shirt you probably wash it out. You have a spot on your sofa, you probably wash it out. You have a spot on your lung, you probably die. 85% of those diagnosed with lung cancer don't live, but the sooner you quit smoking, the sooner you start reducing your risk. Brought to you by the American Legacy Foundation and the National Association of Broadcasters. To learn more, visit AmericanLegacy.org slash Code Blue. Thanks for coming back to Healthy Voyager Radio. My next guest is a pioneer in finding worldwide veggie meals online. The founder of happycow.net is with me now, Mr. Eric Brent. Hello, Eric. How are you? Hey, Carolyn. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, I'm, I've always been a, a huge fan, so I'm glad to have you on the show. Great. So for folks who aren't familiar with Happy Cow, what's the site all about? Um, Happy Cow website is um, it's basically a free online resource to find vegetarian and vegan restaurants, and um, you can also find veg-friendly restaurants as well as health food stores. Um, it's a searchable um, it's a searchable database that so you can type in a city and get a list of places that are near you. And we list over 12,000 places in over 100 countries. And there's also a lot of um, user reviews, so there's over 20,000 reviews written by people who visit the site, so you can sign up and get an account and then um, critique your meals when you travel or or the places that you visit nearby. And um, yeah, so besides helping people find food when they travel and, um, and helping them find restaurant recommendations, our goal is like to bring attention to pure vegetarian restaurants so that they're supported and stay in business. That's a great idea. What other neat things can we find on the site outside of just the restaurant listings? Right. So like I mentioned, there are user reviews, and um, and basically um, users can upload photos and write reviews, and um, that's a big part of the site. And we also have a, a very large member community. So. In terms of um, reaching out to other people and finding people who have similar ideas and, and making friends, um, it's a great place to come and, and you can share um, your interests and your your ideas and businesses and things like that 
with other people who share those interests. We also have um, the, like the ability to set up groups. So there's localized groups and also by different interest groups. So you can join those groups and it makes it a little easier to find people um, on the site. And um, there's also a chat room that's open 24-7. And Happy Cal um, also offers other, other kinds of things like um, vegan and vegetarian restaurants. And we have also a, a huge list of famous vegetarians and vegan celebrities and um, person, you know, all those kind of personalities. So you get to see who else is following that path. And we have um, pages that have humor and like so cartoons and jokes and wisdom, um, that kind of stuff. We also have a veggie calendar, which um, is a worldwide calendar, so you can find events nearby. You, um, you can post events and find out what's going on nearby. Um, we also have a newsletter that goes out every month and that lets you know about what's going on with Happy Cow and the rest of the vegetarian world. And we also just opened um, a vegan store. It's an all pretty much all raw food store. And so you, if you don't live near a Whole Foods market or um, aren't able to get out to a health food store, we can um, ship you all kinds of products. And that's just launched uh, a couple weeks ago. And that's um, great. Yeah, and finally, I was going to say, we also have cell phone apps, um, applications. So if you have an iPhone or an uh, Android phone or even a BlackBerry we can, um, you can get an app on your phone that allows you to just see what's listed nearby you and um, like push of a button, you'll have a list of restaurants to visit. That's excellent. Now, what, how long has Happy Cow, Happy Cow been around and how and when did you decide to start it? Well, Happy Cow has been online since um, 1999 and um, I was a traveler, and um, I traveled almost 15 years straight and always had trouble finding places to eat. So um, there was nothing like that on the Internet, and sometimes it, you just spend you know, like half a day wandering around trying to find a place to eat, and I just felt like that was something that the world needed and, um, and kind of just went for it. And, and, you know, here we are today, 10 years later, and um, it's really grown enormously, but, um, you know, it's always evolving. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely seen it grow quite a bit in the last 10 years, for sure. I, it, I became vegan around the time that it started. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's grown up with me. <laughs> nice. So, so the site essentially compiles information via contributors and reviews, correct? You know, so people kind of find something and post it? Right, right. Yeah, no, I haven't personally eaten in all of the restaurants on the site. I mean, it would be impossible, I think, because it's, it's over 100 countries. I've traveled to about 50, 50 of them, but um, I've probably been to about 1,000 veg restaurants, I guess. And, um, but the, the visitors are the, are the ones who contribute the bulk of the content. And um, so anybody who visits the site can add restaurants that aren't there, and, and we receive a ton of updates from people you know, worldwide every day who are either adding new places or letting us know about changes to existing places. So, um, And then also, you know, there's photos and, and other things 
that that's the kind of content that you really only get by going to the restaurant. So, um, so that's all user contributed. Right. Now, how do you moderate the site and make sure that the listings are, are the right type of listing for Happy Cow, or is that kind of taken care of by the community as well? Um, actually, there is moderation done, and um, we do need to moderate. Um, we need to make sure that, you know, there's appropriate material, everything. You know, there's all different levels of, um, of, of information added um, from different people, you know, maybe there's you know, there are people who are trying to hurt a business and this and that. So we do have to moderate. We um, you know, we have a pretty um, we have a pretty clear standard right now of what we accept in terms of adding listings, and um, and that's that's a work in progress. It's always changing and always evolving. But um, I think without that moderation, um, if we had more like a wiki, Wikipedia kind of site, um, it wouldn't be as accurate as it is. And I think that it the information just really benefits from our from our moderation. We try not to over moderate, but um, we definitely have to keep an eye on things. That's excellent. Yeah, I know that uh, I've I've definitely seen very up to date information on your site, and that's what's key about your site. I feel. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. you've seen the community grow over the last ten years. Have you still seen a continuous flow of new places popping up? Pop up, pop up on the site. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, um, the the world's been changing, and in in especially in the last few years, with all the like mad cow and all these other things going on, all the diseases and people understanding that it's good for their health. So there's been a lot of uh, new places opening um, worldwide. Um, one thing is, you know, we've, we've been experiencing difficult economic times, and uh, we've also seen a lot of places closing, especially. Um, businesses, a lot of these, you know, are kind of mom and pop restaurants, and and maybe they don't have a lot of business experience. Um, but um, but in general, the numbers are growing, and and it's great to see that. And I think, yeah, that's it. Just in the next few years, we'll even see a lot more of it, just because of how information is being. Um, it's it's just more easily information is more easily accessible, and people realize that they need to change their diet to stay healthy. And also to benefit, you know, the animals that are suffering. I think that these days, you know, more people are becoming aware of how farm animals are treated, and there's just a lot more reasons why to why to eat vegetarian. And so there's a demand for it. And yes, they are definitely growing. A lot more places are being added. And how have you seen the site change over the years? Besides the the quantity of listings. Uh, I know at the beginning it was just strictly listings, correct? And now you've added all these other aspects to the site? Right, right. Well, you know, Happy Cow is always evolving. And, um, you know, when it started out, I didn't, I did it myself. I didn't know much about building a website. Um, it was pretty basic, hard-coded HTML and, um, and, and just restaurant with listings, no reviews, anything like that. So over the years, um, it's been rebuilt pretty much, um, completely overhauled a number of times, and I feel like it's, it's, it'll continue to do so because the technology is always growing, and um, at least my understanding of the technology is growing as well. So yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely changing a lot. Um, we're always looking at new things that we can do to kind of um, 
fulfill the gap in information that people are looking for. And um, the um, the latest thing we've done, we've, we've added B&Bs and catering um, and a couple other categories to our site. So they're not just restaurants and health food stores now. We're starting to develop a little bit extra stuff for people who are looking for it. Yeah. So I know over the last 10 years there have been a, a couple sites that popped up that are somewhat veggie restaurant listings. What do you feel sets Happy Cow apart from the other sites that are available now? Well, one of the big things I think is that um, most of the people, probably 90% of the people who visit our site are vegetarians or vegans themselves. So when you're reading a review on our site, um, it's by somebody who's like a fellow peer. They share ideas, and they're going to be talking about the things that are important to you versus some of the other sites. Um, you may find some of the same restaurants listed, but you may be reading reviews from meat eaters, and, um, and their views on food are, are going to be different, and the things that are important are going to be different. So um, that's a big, a big difference. The other thing is that, um, that I feel Happy Cow has been – it's been updated probably more than any other site. So like you mentioned, I think the listings are, you know, very fresh and um, hopefully, you know, more accurate than other other websites. I mean, even if you go to Google, you can get a, bring up a list of restaurants, but oftentimes they're places that are not really vegetarian, um, and some of them may be closed already. Hopefully, you know, because of the number of visitors we have and everything, hopefully, you know, our information really is, up to date and accurate, and um, and then the other thing is, yeah, just because it's it's been running so long, um, you know, it's just it's more comprehensive, and I think we have a lot more listings. And then and then I also was going to say, you know, like maybe the name too helps. And I think that people um, when they hear Happy Cow, it's just kind of a positive, um, positive and kind of happy. <laughs> happy names to the site. I mean, it just, I think for that reason, it, it sets it apart. It's not just a bland uh, directory. Right. No, I agree. It's it's always been super cute, and the logo is adorable. And, and yeah, you've added so many great uh, new things to the site, like recipes. So you're definitely a little more comprehensive, actually a lot more comprehensive than the stuff I've seen. So it's definitely just grown for the better, for sure. Now, where do you see Happy Cow in the next five years or so? Where do you hope to take the site? Yeah, um, it's a difficult question to know um, because I think we one of the things is we've built Happy Cow, um, just just building it for what's needed at the time. And and I know that for one thing, um, there will be a lot more demand for this kind of information. So. Um, and, and more people will have access to that kind of information. So um, by having the ability to access it, I think people can um, become empowered and, and take charge of their lives. And, and, and health, you know, health is um, a key factor to living better. And so I think we'll just gain a lot more visitors. And, and we'll need to kind of accommodate for that. And there'll be more varied um, needs, I think, for those people. I mean, there's there's animal rights and there's health and there's um, compassion for animals. Um, so yeah, I think for for that, um, we're going to need to grow. And I think what happens is we tend to evolve the site with 
what's what's going on with technology and the web, and um, and one of the other you know big things I mentioned before is that we have these um, these applications that run on your cell phone, uh, on your mobile device. So if you have a smartphone, you can access the site. And I think it seems to me that the that the whole internet is kind of moving on to these devices, and um, so it's, so to, to some degree, I think Happy Cal is going to become a lot more um, like phone app oriented, um, and it, it may happen like within five years that people aren't using the internet so much per se at a home computer, but really using it on on a mobile device. So I think those those devices, um, those applications, rather are. Are definitely evolving, and um, every month we release new versions that are kind of more sophisticated and more streamlined, and and just make it easier to get the information you need. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably a big part of it. And um, yeah, and just overall, the world becoming more vegetarian. I think that hopefully, Happy Cow will will fill that um, that place for a lot of people of where they go. To find that information, especially um, if they want to have it like be as accurate as possible, and right, and, and yeah, definitely, that's about that's about it. We're always open to ideas and suggestions too. So if any of your listeners have some ideas, um, please write us. Please let us know um, any any ideas about um, like feedback about the site or things we can do better, things we can do differently, things we can add to the site, just let us know. Yeah. Excellent. And the site is happycow.net, not happycow.com, right? Right, right. Um, yeah, you can, you can go to happycow.com, and, um, and that works too. We have that. Oh, okay. um, but, um, yeah, basically the site is happycow.net, and, um, and if you have a mobile device and don't have one of those applications, you can go to happycow.net slash mobile, and there's a free version there that loads quickly for mobile devices. And the store, if you'd like to visit it, is store.happycow.net, and that's also an evolving thing. So if you have ideas about that, please let us know. And um, But the main domain to find us is happycow.net, and you can get more information there on eating well, while traveling, while, while at home, and and um, we look forward to your visit. Excellent. And people can join the community on that site as well, correct? Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of other things I didn't mention to you. Um, if you. If you browse through the site, you'll see that it, at first we try to make it kind of simple so that when people first get there, they're not overwhelmed with everything. Um, but there's a lot of different things that you can do. Um, so, so take time and look at um, – there's – there's user forms where um, you can just ask questions, and um, and all kinds of other things. Um, like aside from recipes and and some of the health topics, actually, we have a number of um, we have a number of nutritionists who've written articles on how to become vegetarian, how to become vegan, steps to stay healthy, how to eat a balanced diet, food combining, um, all kinds of aspects like that. There's also a whole section on travel, um, finding um, staying healthy when you travel, finding bed and breakfasts, and um, all kinds of information about like flying on airplanes, how to order airplane veg food, and um, and sections on raw food and um, 
living a, like the live food diet as well as um, we also have some information on animal rights. And um, if anybody out there would like to contribute articles also, we have a blog. And the blog is, is, is more of a community blog and people, visitors can share articles and, um, and we're always open to new writers for the blog. So definitely contact us if, you, if you're interested in that. And, Very cool. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today. And uh, I'm always on Happy Cow whenever I have to go somewhere. So, so keep up the good work for sure. Thanks, Carolyn. All right, everybody, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. Hi, this is Paul McCartney on behalf of RAD. Hey, this is Tony Hawk. What's up, y'all? It's Eve. Hi, this is Nivea. Hi, I'm Sarah Michelle Geller. And friends, don't let friends drive drunk. Beep, 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 yeah! A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. So that's about it for Healthy Voyager Radio today. Be sure you visit veganbodybuilding.com and happycow.net. Make sure it's .net. You can follow them both on Facebook and Twitter. Um, be sure to join me next week when I welcome the director of some powerful films such as Behind the Mask and Skin Trade, Miss Shannon Keith, as well as animal lover and activist, Miss Libra Max. Uh, as for me, of course, you can find me on Twitter, uh, the new HealthyVoyager.com is up and running. It launched uh, Memorial Day week, so be sure to check that out. Um, every week there are new giveaways, recipes, travel tips, videos, uh, product reviews, all kinds of new guest bloggers too to talk about everything from financial health to relationship health and all that good stuff, eco stuff. So uh, check it out because there's going to be lots of new content every week. Um, and it's going to continue to grow, and you could win some stuff. So be sure to also subscribe to the newsletter because the newsletter uh, also um, offers subscribers coupons and all sorts of deals that you don't get from just the website. So make sure you sign up for the newsletter as well at thenewhealthyvoyager.com, and there is a community so you can log on and meet other Healthy Voyager people and comment and do some neat stuff um, and start your own groups on healthyvoyager.com. So be sure to uh, to register for that as well, healthyvoyager.com, new and improved. Uh, but as usual, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, uh, YouTube, so you'll see all that stuff. It's all linked to the new website. And uh, yeah, so check that out. I'd like to thank Robert Cheek and Eric Brent one more time for all their great information today. Be sure to check out today's podcast as well as past podcasts on healthyvoyager.com as well as on iTunes and Zune. You can subscribe to those uh, directly from the front page of HealthyVoyager.com as well. And never miss a show. Check out past ones when you're uh, sitting around driving or on an airplane and catch up with the show. And as usual, before you head out, I'm going to play us out with a song, this time by Coconut Records, fronted by the talented Jason Schwartzman. He is a well-known vegan. Coconut Records is pretty much just Jason. He puts his quirky spin on each song, and I dig it. He's uh, a lot of fun on screen as well as uh, in my ears. All right, thank you so much for joining me today. Have an awesome weekend, and I'll talk to you next week. 
In the meantime, enjoy Night Timing by Coconut Records. Bye. Good night.